What it do, baby? Yes, sir. You know what time it is. It's time to jet right here on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon. And oh, it's been a little while since I got to talk to you all. How y'all doing, everybody? It's been a week, a little bi-week blues we had. And uh, that's why we got a little something special for you here on a Monday because... I understand we didn't get anything to you this last week. It's uh, it's an awkward week with the bye week and everything. So we figured we'd let y'all calm down, get your emotions straight after, uh, you know, another brutal Jets loss this season over in London this time. And I figured we can all decompress for a little while. Come back, regroup better than ever. And today we got a special little Monday episode uh, you know what? I'll call it the bi-week blues. And you know what it is. I'm your host. I am your MC for the next 30 minutes. Your guide through the jungle that is the New York Jets right now. And I won't, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But I wanted to start out here just by breaking down the bye week and I mean like let's just uh let's just get reacquainted guys I mean we, we've been gone for a little bit here so make sure that you hit me up on that Twitter machine at Zubeard 77 let me know what you were doing during the bye week this week what were you watching yesterday did you I mean I was watching some football but there was definitely some uh some shows that crept on in there for me and I mean let me know let me know what you're thinking coming out of this bye week for the team what you hope to see on Sunday, and as always, the best tweets, the good ones, I mean, not just the good ones, but I'll reply to everything, I'll take a look at everything, you know, I'll, that's what I do, and the, the ones that are the best and the most relevant to the uh, to the Jets, I'm gonna bring up on air, and we'll talk about it, so definitely hit me up on that Twitter machine, at Zubeard77, give me a follow, I tweet about the Jets, I'm a big Knicks fan as well, so if you're a Knicks fan, we got opening night on Wednesday, I'll be at the Garden so definitely give me a follow if you're interested in the Knicks as well, because we're going to have a lot of stuff going up there also. But, I mean, this week was a fun one for me. So just to get the ball rolling here, I mean, I it was nice to not have to uh, sit down yesterday and watch the Jets go out and not get a first down in the first quarter not really move the ball in the first half until the final drive of the first half. Uh, you know, go out there in the second half and all of a sudden look like a world-beaten team that should be kicking the crap out of whoever, whatever the opponent is that week, should be kicking the crap out of them. But because they played essentially no offense in the first half and only defense, you know, they're behind by 30. It was nice to not have to deal with that. It was nice to not have to watch the Jets coming back from three touchdowns and you know the game's over, but they're going to give it a go, and you have to watch because, oh, it's a one-possession game now with six minutes left, and uh, now the defense is going to go to sleep. Unfortunately, that's how, that's how it's been this year, and it's a year like that. When you have rookies, when you have what we got, that's what the year it's going to be. But I got to tell you, man, it's, it's brutal to watch week in, week out. But we're going to do it, and hopefully they're going to be better this week. <laughs> we, uh, we can only pray for that, but... I did uh I did enjoy having a day and I had myself a day. I mean I went over to my buddy's place. We had there was a little uh you know get together over there. We got to enjoy that, got to shoot the stuff with a bunch of uh 
bunch of friends that I don't get to see very often, and it's uh, it was nice to nice to get down with the get down yesterday for a little bit without having to worry to uh, you know rush back home to watch a game, and uh, you know so I can get you guys a, po- a good podcast where there's a lot of a uh, lot of insight into it. So you know I, I definitely take a lot of pride in that. So I don't like to miss a lot of games. So it's nice to uh, nice to be able to see some uh, some good friends and. I watched that Giant game. Let me tell you something, everybody. Don't feel too bad about where we're at because the way I look at it, we're ahead of that Giant team by leaps and bounds right now. Sure, they might end up winning more games than us this year, but that's because they have veterans at every position and guys that are underperforming like crazy at every position. I mean, and we say underperforming, but that might just be where these guys are in their career, and that might just be who they are now. You know what I mean? So when you're complaining about the Jets, when you're looking at the Jets this year and you're saying, this is this is brutal, this is unbearable to watch, how am I going to be a fan of this team for the next year, two years, three years, four years, whatever? I mean, the, the immediate future, people are questioning. I know. Look at the Giants. They're about to go into a complete rebuild. That's what we are avoiding right now. And it was, I don't want to say it was nice to see... Uh, to see despair not just being a jet thing in New York right now, but it definitely opened my mind up to what the reality is of the NFL and what the reality is if you're not a team like Kansas City, you're not a team like Buffalo right now, unfortunately, and you're not a team like Tampa Bay where you have a quarterback, you have a guy you can rely on, and he can go out there and he can do what you need him to do every single week, and that's going to be enough to keep you guys in the playoff hunt. That's what you need. Unfortunately, most of the league is not there, and they won't be there because there aren't very many guys like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, and there sure as hell ain't a lot of guys like Tom Brady in just the world in terms of playing the quarterback position. So you gotta you gotta look at it like that. You gotta give some time. You never know what can happen here. That being said, there weren't very many good games in terms of. Uh, competitiveness during that one o'clock window so I kind of uh went about my business took care of some errands might have might have taken a little nap ski you know nothing wrong with a little nap ski in there especially when you're working you're getting up in the morning at four o'clock in the morning getting out there getting down to business and uh you know I may have or may have not went to a little Oktoberfest bar crawl the day before and hey, there's nothing wrong with that, but you know what? Sometimes you need a little rest afterwards. So after the one o'clock games were over, I decided that nap's time, wake up, and we'll see where we're at. I get up, we're in the second half of the 4 p.m. games. Perfect time for me to get after it. And get after it, we did. I uh, took my guy, Duke. We went out for a little walk. Got him back onto the crib, and we posted up on the couch, and I threw on the second season of Succession, the final episode. And listen, I'm not that guy. I'm not. I'm not that guy that says, "Hey, this show came out a year and a half ago. You should. You should know what's going on. Or if you don't, you, you know, whatever. It's your. It's your loss." I'm not one of those guys. So don't worry. 
I'm not going to spoil Succession for you, and I sure as hell am not going to spoil the season three premiere from last night, which, ooh, baby, it's back. Succession is back, and this is going to be a hell of a season once again. So I am very excited to see uh, the rest of this year progress for them over there. But if you have not watched Succession, it is on HBO, uh, available on uh, HBO Max. If you have HBO Max, um, please check it out. It's a great show. Just perfect dynamics of family, great tension. I mean, it's it's a good, I mean, maybe not insight into... Uh, very rich families, but it's definitely a nice fictional portrayal of what is perceived to be the uh, the family dynamics of those with the billions in control of uh, media empires. And it's very apropos that, uh, you know, we're talking about media empires and who's running them on a place where I happen to be running this... Uh, this little empire we got going over here, and I'm, I'm gonna take that back. We ain't we in an empire yet. We still just the barbarians in the zoo. We in the jungle right now, people. So if you're with me, thanks for being a rider from day one. You get you get that notation next to your name. You get that you get that feel next to who you are. So hit me up on that Twitter machine at Zoobeard77. Let me know that you're listening right now, so that you know when we do go around and we do start taking over and you know becoming a leader of uh, empire for this Jets podcast world. I want to make sure that I know that you were a initial member of the zoo over here on the take fly podcast. Uh, so appreciate you guys. If you are a day one listener, but that's what we going for here, man. We're going to build it up and we're going to keep doing this thing because that's what we do. We, we talk jets, we break it down no matter what I'm here for you. Y'all hopefully there for me. Let's get at it. We all here together, baby, and we're going to keep seeing this team grow. That's all I know. So without further ado, plugs for succession aside, and hey, HBO, HBO, you want to hit me up with a little bit of a little sponsorship, cheddar cheese here? I have no problem pumping up succession every single week because I know these Jets, we, <laughs> listen, we don't have to worry too much about Sunday night games in terms of going forward, so... We got some stuff, uh, we got some time to watch some uh, Succession on a Sunday night when it premieres, you know what I mean? So HBO execs, who's listening right now, because we know HBO execs, they're, they're part of the crew here. They're part of the zoo from day one. So guys, hit me up. I'm here. Y'all know where to reach me at, Zubeard77. <laughs> Let me know what it is. And uh, that goes for the Twisted T, Bud Light. Hit me up, too. I'm here for you. Hey, even Jack Daniels. I ain't got no problem slugging a bottle of Jack right here for you guys. I'm with it. All right, but enough of the shameless uh, poaching for sponsorships. Let's get into the Jets now. And this is a big-time bye week for this team because not only have they looked terrible this year, uh, offensively at least, I'll say, and defense has had their moments, but there's definitely a lot that needs to continue to be done in terms of developing the secondary. Um, but this team has a lot of lot of things they need to fix. And I just want to break down real quick how this first five weeks of the year has gone for this team since we're pretty much a quarter of the way through the season, a little bit more. About a third since we're uh, six weeks in, and it's an 18-week season now. But 
Anyway, we've only played five games. But we can look at this right here as a quarter of the way grade sheet, as it were. And um, we'll start out with, a, we'll just have a couple of quick names here that I'll get through. And you guys can let me know what your grades on them are on the Twitter machine or what you think they uh, they need to do better. Maybe that maybe I overgrade some of these guys. Let me know. Hit me up. First up, I'm going to start right at the top. GM, Joe Douglas. And listen, Joey D has made some nice pickups. John Franklin Myers, Quincy Williams, you know, going out and bringing in a player like Bryce Hall in the sixth round of the draft last year is a very good job to make sure, you know, you're getting good players, good talent regardless. But he did sign Corey Davis, who has not been a number one receiver this year. He did draft Denzel Mims, who has barely played, but when he does, he looks incredible. So it's hard to say that was a terrible draft pick because Mims has looked so good when he plays, but he never plays. So that's not a great draft pick. There are questions about Makai Becton in terms of if he can play in this offense and what his future is with this team, I would say, right now. But when he comes back, then maybe we can look at him a little bit differently. Right now, I think that might go down as a bad pick. Zach Wilson has not looked great. That's not on Joe Douglas. But what is on Joe Douglas is that you have Connor McGovern and Greg Van Rotten pretty much acting as turnstiles in the middle for him alongside a rookie in Elijah Vera Tucker. So that interior of the line has been not great. And early on in the season, it was a big problem when he was getting hit a lot. He was getting just not having time to get the ball out and just taking off immediately. I think there's a piece of it of Zach's struggles that can be tied to that offensive line. And for Joe Douglas to come into this year with a young quarterback, I mean, not only is he a rookie, but he's young and he looks young. And when I say he looks young, I mean, not just that he looks like a 16 year old facially, he looks like a 16 year old physically. He's, he, you did a bad job in terms of setting him up for success. And the tight end position is essentially non-existent on this team, which is not good in this style of an offense where typically you see guys like Kittle step up and become studs. You see guys like Bob Tanyan be able to go off and do things. It's just, you take a look at this team right now. I mean, even Austin Hooper down in Atlanta, this same basic concept of offense is huge with tight ends and you need to have a good tight end for your quarterback to play off of not having that is not knowing your team it's not knowing your coaching staff it's not knowing your personnel and that to me is about as bad as it can get for a gm so five games into the season i'm giving joe douglas a grade of d plus in terms of his roster structuring, his adjustments to what have happened this season. It's a D-plus for me on Joe Douglas. Next up, we got Rob Sala. And listen, Rob, he's been dealing with a lot of stuff this year. You know, he's a young head coach. It's his first season as a head coach. Um, dealing with a rookie quarterback. Dealing with a rookie O.C., and to be completely honest, he's done a pretty good job. He's done a bang-up job of running this defense and keeping this team together. Now, 
the one thing that I do put on Salah is that this team is not ready to go when they are coming out of the tunnel to play the game. They're not ready to go when the when it's get, when it's kickoff time. That is on the head coach. And having a guy who is known to be as big of a motivator as Robert Sala is, I'm very shocked and surprised that this team comes out as flat as they do week in and week out because that's that's kind of your job as a head coach is to get the guys ready to go, is to get that vibe up in the locker room, is to make sure people are in the positions that they need to be in in order to succeed. And to me... That's been his biggest failure so far as a head coach. However, he's done a great job, like I said, in terms of running this defense. And I mean, I know Ulbrich is the DC and he's running things technically. But this is a Robert Sala defense. This is a Robert Sala mentality this defense has. And they're playing absolutely ridiculous football out there. When when they don't have to be out there for two-thirds of the game. You know what I mean? When you're out there two-thirds of the game, you're going to have things happen that aren't representative of who you are because you're playing essentially 40 minutes of a football game. So, grade for Robert Sala through the quarter season, we got a B-. minus. There could be better, but I think there's room for improvement. I think he's done a good job, and I think that that, grow will, that grade will grow as we continue to go through the season. Um, I have no doubt in my mind that's going to happen for Robert. I think this week is going to be a, this week was a big week for him, and hopefully he took advantage of it. Next up on the docket, though, we have to go to his first coach, his first coordinator, and that's one Mister Lefleur. And Lefleur has had a, I mean, a terrible start to his uh, career as an offensive coordinator, if you ask me. Um, I don't think that the guy really has much of a grasp on how to change things early on in a game. I mean, he's he does a good job in the second half, and when his players execute, I mean, you see some good things. But right now, he needs to know how to adjust this offense to having a quarterback who is having issues throwing out of the pocket very early. You need to get him out on the run. And I think there's been a lot of opportunities for Mike LaFleur to do that for Zach and get him into a little bit more of a comfortable position. And I just don't think they've taken those opportunities when they've had them. Um, Also, the lack of running the ball and continuing to try to build that is definitely questionable. And, I mean, I would like to see this team get 30 carries total throughout a game at least so when they're not rushing the ball as much as I think they should be to be protecting this young quarterback and to get those first downs and to keep the chain running keep the chain moving apologize but you're setting up the team the offense the young quarterback that you have and the receivers that you have for failure and just based off of that, I think you guys know where I'm going here. I'm giving young Mike LaFleur a C- minus for his first five games as an offensive coordinator for the New York Jets. Again, it's graded on a curve. He's a young OC, so I'm not going to completely you know, give him a D- or an F here. But if this continues, 
it's going to get there real quick for Mike LaFleur. So hopefully this was a week for him to uh, adjust things up and figure out the best way to get the most out of this offense early on. Otherwise, yeah, it's going to be a lot of, lot of questions continuing around Mike LaFleur's tenure as the OC of the New York Jets. And one, the other coordinator here, the defensive coordinator here, Jeff Ulbrich, the man, and I mean I call him the man very, very lightly, <laughs> he has done a really good job uh, running this defense, calling the right plays, getting guys into the right position, just knowing what he has in personnel and putting them out there at the right time. It's a great job by a defensive coordinator to just know where you're at at all times pretty much and set your team up for the most success you can have. And this Jets team has had a lot of success defensively this season so far. I mean, you give credit where credit is due, and this defense has been great. How much of that is Jeff Ulbrich? I would really like to know when uh, things get down with the get down and we find out, oh, you know, Rob Sala was really, he put in the whole playbook. He kind of broke it down. Hey, on this type of a situation, you call one of these four plays. On this situation, you call one of these five. You know, it's there's a good possibility that could be what's going on. But Ulbrich's still the guy that's making the decisions and he's putting the guys in places. So you got to give respect where respect is due. And for Jeff Ulbrich, the first five games of this year, nothing short than a B plus. And I would say A minus, but unfortunately, the defense has had lapses and they definitely haven't shown that they can make a big stop in a big moment of a game yet. Because in fourth quarters, when teams are driving to tie it, a la Tennessee, or to, you know, expand the lead and really take the control of the game away from you, a la Atlanta and London, you're not, you're not finishing the job. And you're doing a great bang-up job for three and a half quarters and blowing it away in that final six minutes. So that... That's what takes Ulbrich away from an A and puts him down to a B plus, which on this coaching staff, I mean, it's a pretty damn good job, Jeff. Congrats. <laughs> uh, but the coaches, the GM, the front office, they're not the only ones that are responsible for the Jets. Not great start to this year. Uh, you got to throw that on to the quarterback, the young man, Zach Wilson as well. And Zach, he has moments where he looks like he's the realest of real deals. And he has moments where he looks like a guy who can't even, he wouldn't even be playing quarterback over at Glen Oaks Oval. He wouldn't even be doing that on a Sunday morning pickup game. Zach needs to continue to grow his confidence. He needs to be more confident in himself. And that's something that's really hard to, you know, quantify or even understand how to do that. It's something that Zach's going to need to do personally. And I got to be honest with you, if he doesn't find that confidence, if he doesn't find that ability to ease himself into a game before the game starts, then he's going to have a really difficult time being a quarterback in the NFL, even even though he can do the things that he did against Tennessee, even though he can still go out there and sling the ball 50 yards on the run off of his back leg, it's not going to be enough. That's not going to be enough to keep your career going. 
that's not going to be enough to keep your just stock rising. So Zach's got to Zach's got to really sit down and he's got to figure out what needs to be done for him in order to get the ball out quicker in terms of short passes and be able to throw the ball out of the pocket comfortably. If you're uncomfortable, it's possibly something to do with your mindset. And I just hope that's not the thing with Zach. Hopefully, hopefully he comes out of his bye week and he's just like, okay, now let's play some football. That's what you hope for, but the first five games have been terrible. Outside of three halves, which is me being very, very generous by giving him three halves. That's counting the first half against Tennessee. You take those away, and this has been one of the worst starts to a career ever. Zach, sorry, brother, but you're getting a D to start the season. And that's a really hard grade for me to give. Um, There's a lot of potential there to work with. But this has not looked good. It hasn't looked comfortable. I mean, you're talking about he looks good on drives. He doesn't look good every drive. There's not a pass on every drive where you go, okay, that's pretty good. He completed a pass there. He doesn't even get completions if they don't score half the time. And that's, that's just not good. That's not bueno. It's, it shows just way too much inconsistency. So hopefully he comes out of the bye week here and understands, one, the opportunity that he has in front of himself, and two, that he needs to get it going, and he needs to get it going ASAP. I do, I'll give a quick grade for the rest of the offense here because going through everybody individually, it'll take way too damn long. So offensive line, we're giving them a real quick F because they've been awful. The receivers, as a group, we're going to give a grade of C plus because I think they've made some nice grabs when they've had to, but they really haven't done very much to help Zach overall. So to say that they're being wounded by Zach's deficiencies is just making an excuse for a position group that is underperforming. Running backs, I mean, they're barely doing anything. They're barely getting the opportunity to do anything, so it's hard to really grade them that difficulty. Difficult. It's hard to grade them on on such a tough scale. <laughs> but I'm going to give the running backs a grade of C to start the year because I think that's fair. I think it's right in the middle. They're not doing too much. They're not doing too little when they get their chances. For the most part, they're showing up and making things happen. Um, the old line has been terrible, so you can't put everything on them, but yeah, the, they haven't been special and overall and overall grade for the offense through five weeks is a C minus. So that's, that's not where you want to be defensively. I'm same thing here. We're going to go position groups because there's not enough time. I'll hit on a couple of guys real quick pause, but <laughs> We're, uh, we'll start out with the D-line here. And the D-line has been one of the best things that this team has had all season. Uh, imagine what they would be like if they still had Carl Lawson available and Vinny Curry. I mean, this defensive front would be absolutely absurd. Like, you would see guys that never are tied. You would see John Franklin Myers doing crazy things out there. Quentin Williams doing crazy things out there. 
But the guys who are healthy and are playing are playing their balls off. And Quentin Williams has done a great job so far this year. John Franklin Myers earned a contract extension. Sheldon Rankins is earning a place on this team going forward, in my opinion. So that defensive line is getting an A. Straight up an A. I would say an A+, plus, but they haven't been complete game wreckers. A, because they've been doing their job and they've been doing it pretty damn well. Linebackers here, C.J. Mosley, Quincy Williams, they've been a hell, hell, hell of great players. When we're talking about the run game, when we're talking about short screens, when we're talking about pressure in the quarterback, these guys are making things happen. One thing they're terrible at, or not very good at, maybe I shouldn't say terrible, but not very good at, is covering a soul in the pass game. I mean, I think that, you know, me, you, and Duke could get open versus these guys. I mean, that's the one problem that this linebacking core has in terms of what I've seen. It's the one deficiency they hold, but it's it's a pretty big one. So even though they've been phenomenal, I've been raving about Mosley and Quincy Williams all year, I'm going to have to pull back on the reins a little bit here, and I'm going to give them a B overall because they've done their job great but they've led to some big plays by being very deficient in the passing game the secondary however has been pretty good in the passing game although the corners are young they're they're not giving up a ton of touchdowns they're not giving up a ton of big plays but they are giving up a lot of catches they're giving up a decent amount of you know, you got Michael Carter, who's leading the league in 15 uh, catches under 15 yards, but you're still giving up a decent amount of catches to, you know, they're just not going for 15 yards. It's it's a difficult kind of uh, scenario to be in because you're stopping guys and you're keeping these rookie corners, you know, their, their heads up, but you need to start to make some things happen. You need to start to have guys playing a little bit more press coverage you need to see what these guys can do. You know, when you give everybody a, a blanket to play with, a little pillow, of course they're going to be able to make a tackle in the open field. As long as they're professionals who know how to wrap up and make a play, they're going to make tackles. But you need to be able to play a little bit of press coverage in this league. Otherwise, quarterbacks like Matty Ice are going to rip you to shreds. And that's exactly what happened on uh, Sunday of last week. That was just a veteran quarterback saying, hey, you're going to give me five, seven yards every single time. I'm going to take it. And then guess what? Somebody's going to break free because you're going to have to start making different coverage changes that you're not used to. That's exactly what happened. Bryce Hall has been great. He needs to continue to play this way. And I think he's the main guy that I want to see step up and start having a little bit tighter coverage and start getting more difficult assignments because I want to see what this guy can be. I have, I have huge, not expectations, but belief that Bryce Hall can be a, a number one corner in this league for a team, but it's got to be shown. And now is the time to show it because you can have him make these mistakes now and they'll suck and they'll suck to watch, but at least they're happening in this season and not in a season where we're trying to go to the playoffs. That's the difference. Do what you need to do now to make sure these guys are set up for when it's time to win. Because we all know this season is not about winning. It's just not. D-backs, through five weeks, they get a grade of 
B minus. And it could be higher, could be lower, but I think B minus is fair. Given the injuries they've had to deal with, given the fact of how young they are, you got to give them a little bit of a break. And I think B minus is perfect to describe the play of the secondary. And special teams, special teams gets a nice solid B. Because, I mean, Amendola has been good. Uh, punt game has been good. Kickoffs have been good. Not much to say there. Just keep it up. Uh, returns have actually been pretty good, too. So I will uh, I will shout that out. Returns have been pretty good for this Jets team. So that's another thing on the special teams coordinator. And a hell of a job over there by the guys. So uh, keep that up. <laughs> because we need you guys to be solid going forward. If we're ever going to have a prayer of winning some more games this year. And if I'll give the defense a full-on grade, the defense for the first five games gets a B plus. I think they've done a great job. There's a lot more room for improvement to be great, but it's a good job so far. And overall, this Jets team, for me, will get a grade of C. And I know that doesn't really average out when you take the B and the C minus, but that C minus, I think, weighs it so much down. I think there's so much. That's a strong C minus, almost a D. Uh, so you have to take that into consideration when that B is kind of a barely B. So when you look at it like that, I got him at a C for the whole first five games. The quarter of the year report cards, as it were, right here on the Take Flight podcast. And, uh, you know, of course, real quick before I just touch on a couple of things with Rob Sala and some things to expect through this week, I want to remind you, I'll be back with you on Wednesday. We'll get right back on that horse through our schedule, Wednesdays and game days. We hear for you pregame, postgame on Sundays or Thursdays or Mondays, whenever the team is playing. Once the game is over, I get to work over here and I make sure y'all got a postgame podcast for that night. The next morning, whenever you want to listen, just make sure you subscribe wherever it happens to be that you're listening to the Tom the Jets podcast right now, whether that be Apple, Amazon, Spotify, wherever it is, you name it, hit it up with a subscribe. Appreciate it. That always does a lot. And obviously, you know, I didn't say it yet this week, but you know what it is with the five star ratings and just the comments. It's appreciated. It means a lot. So if you guys wouldn't mind leaving a nice comment, leaving a nice five-star rating, it keeps the lights on at the crib, it keeps food in young Duke's bowl, and it keeps, you know, keeps us going over here. We appreciate it. And uh, thank you guys for listening once again. I, I really do appreciate y'all. Uh, of course, if you ever want to hit me up, I am available to you at all times on Twitter at Zoobeard77. You can hit me up there with your thoughts on the Jets. If you got a show that you're into, if you got a, you know, recommendation on a show to watch, <laughs> a movie, uh, music, whatever's on your mind, you know, Jets preferably, but I'm, I'm here for everything. I'm, I'm all about that life. So uh, hit me up on that Twitter machine. Like I said, at Zubeard77. I, I read, I read the best Jets related tweets. And I mean, if you send something really funny, maybe that'll make it on here too, but <laughs> I, I read the best tweets out there, and I retweet good stuffs too. So uh, hook it up with a follow. Hit me up on there. I, I'm always available to you. I just want to make sure we know that going forward. So without further ado, I do want to dive back into the Jets real quick because I know it's getting late here, and I don't want to hold you all too much longer. So 
I want to I want to look at what this week could look like for the Jets. And we had a bye week last week. You hope that it was just spent learning plays for Zach Wilson. And if you're Robert Sala, you're learning your team. You're, you're you're learning more about these guys. You're watching more film, and you're getting you're getting those reps for the younger dudes. I'm not sure how that's going to translate. I'm not sure what that's going to mean. But in an ideal world, I'm going to give you my perfect uh, utopia scenario. And that would be that this offense comes out and, listen, Zach is getting the ball out. He's on the run. He's, I mean, and on the run, I mean rolling out of the pocket, not taking off for 10 yards and, and trying to trying to lay a hit on a cornerback. I, I don't mean that. We don't need any more of that. Uh, but... You need to get Zach out of that pocket. They tried to do it a couple of times early last game. Just great coverage, I guess. Um, but continue to do that. Continue to try to get him into the game early. Make sure this team is ready to go. Those are two things I have to see from this team coming out of the bye week. Robert Sala, I don't expect him to say anything drastic or to, you know, be like, okay, we worked on a lot of things and now we're ready to go. And now, you know, like, uh, we weren't ready in the first five games. No, he's he's a guy who's like, hey, it's a young team. We are a young team who is growing. And he said this. He said, I know where we're going. I've been around long enough to know where we're going. And uh, some people might not be happy with that. And I get what he means by that. He's saying that this year we're not going to be doing great stuff and that's difficult to sell to a fan base and that's difficult to tell fans who are paying their hard-earned money who are spending their free time that they barely have in general watching this team it's it's very difficult to tell them that but i gotta be honest with you you need to you have to tell the fans this, these things and you need to set those expectations and you need to work off of those expectations not just run them in-house and try to, you know, okay, uh, we'll just get this buy on everybody that, hey, so it's a rookie team and we're going to just take our lumps and we're going to learn from it. Listen, the Jets have almost 400 snaps for rookies more than any team in the league right now. It's a lot. It's a big gap. You have to give them some credit for keeping these guys together. You have to give them some credit for doing what they've done, but there needs to be more. There absolutely has to be more. And regardless of the fact that this team, you know, hey, you're not going to be great this year, fine. I know, I knew, I know you guys aren't going to get a good record and you guys aren't going into playoffs. We all knew that. But please, for God's sake, don't go out there and just play like crap in the first half every week and not change it. Don't do the same thing every single week and not change it. There has to be a fire lit under this coaching staff, under these players' asses. I mean, Joe Douglas as well. Not that he could do very much right now, but he needs to do something. He needs to bring somebody in here that's going to make an impact this season and be a veteran leader going forward. Maybe not a star, maybe nothing special, but a guy who can bring some type of leadership to this team on the field. Not a great job so far in the first half. There are adjustments that need to be made, and we've seen that this coaching staff can make adjustments at the half. Now, I realize it's not the halfway point of the season. It's the uh, quarter of the way point, as we pointed out a couple of times so far. 
But this bye week can act as a pseudo halftime for the year where the coaches got to go back into the barracks and figure out, hey, what do we got to do? What's going on? What do we need to change? And the players can go back and say, holy crap, let's sit back for a minute. Let's regroup and let's get back out there and do our thing. This bye week has to be the halftime for the Jets season. I mean, you can't be any worse. It can't be any worse. And if if it is the halftime to the season and the Jets do come out and play the rest of the year the way they play second halves and those first five games were just like a first half, then this team will be okay. We'll be happy. We'll be all right with the growth. We'll be all right with the growing pains. And we'll enjoy the rest of the year. That's all we asked for. You gave us a bye week. Thank you. We didn't have to be punished for six straight weeks. But don't punish us now for 11 straight weeks to end the year. Do not do that to us. It's going to get cold. It's going to get terrible out here. And we're not going to want to sit around and be sad. (laughs) But seriously, on a serious note, this is going to be a long year if you guys don't get it together. Rob, and I said Rob like I'm his friend, coach, and I believe in you guys, and I think that this is a future. There's a future with this franchise for Zach Wilson, for Robert Sala, even for Joe Douglas, but it needs to start this weekend, and it needs to start when I talk to you guys again on Wednesday on the Time to Jets podcast because... That's all I got for you here today, and I hope y'all enjoyed a little breakdown of the, of the first five games and, uh, you know, catching up on the bye week. Let me know what you guys did on the bye week. Hit me up on the Twitter machine at Zubeard77. You know I'm always on there, so I'll I hit you back on that shell phone. Of course, send the love, as always, on Apple, Spotify, Amazon. Wherever it is that you're listening right now, hook it up with a subscribe. Keep listening. We appreciate you. Keep up the stuff. Love y'all out there. Have a blessed day. Enjoy it. Um, blessed day. If, you don't, if you're not about that life, have a great day. Enjoy it. It's amazing. It's another day in your life. It's another beautiful day in your life, and it's another good week here on a Monday. I'll talk to you guys again Wednesday, but for now, it's time for me to jet on out of here. And without further ado... Peace.